0: Hello fans and welcome to Hoosier Hoopsteria, a podcast about basketball from the biggest basketball state of all, Indiana. Let's meet your hosts for this podcast. First, hailing from the mean streets of Frankton, Indiana, a St. Francis University alum and Hoosier State basketball legend in his own mind, Austin, better known as Dad. His running mate is a lifelong Hoosier fan, basketball player wannabe and an average high school assisted basketball coach from the east side of Indianapolis, BJ or better known as Charlie. What's up, dad?
1: What's going on, Charlie?
0: Man, I am I am driving in the middle of the beautiful state of Indiana on US 31 headed to scenic Peru, Indiana so that I could get my second COVID-19 vaccine. I am doing what all of us should do to end this global pandemic.
1: I was hoping you were telling me that you were going to you were going to Rock Hollow. No, no, not today. Not today. By the course. Did you did you know a want to know a crazy fact about Peru? It is a huge Circus Town.
0: Oh yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, like the museum of the circus. If I'm yeah. correct, if I if I remember correctly, just I brought my clubs. Maybe I should just go play a quick nine. They're you in the should, trunk. You
1: Peru's only like fifty minutes from my house. You could just keep on, keep on, keep it on,
0: keep on trucking up to the fort.
1: Yeah, I'd like it. I don't know. I'll end Dad in the forest for for episode six point five.
0: Charlie and Daddy in the fort for episode six point five with de- with Charlie with Charlie fading fast due to the after effects of his second COVID nineteen vaccination. I'm a little nervous about how I'm going to get miserably sick, like everyone I know has gotten.
1: Well, I didn't get miserably sick.
0: Which which, which uh, vaccine did you get? Uh, Pfizer. Yeah. See, I'm getting Moderna. I think they're. I think that this is the. I think this one may may. I'm hoping it doesn't make me sick. I'm very nervous.
1: Yeah, I hope you don't get sick either. But did you I, know that did you know that dad was four for four on the state finals? You you were four for four. Um,
0: but you know that I got we gotta we gotta own them a couple of these. So Bar Reed was really the only run away, right? They they won by like eighteen, I think. Um the two A game. I was I was kind of surprised that it wasn't a bigger blowout.
1: Yeah. And then I was, I was way off on three. Uh, but
0: your your boys from the fort represent. Yeah,
1: I got I got some crap from my buddy, but last I checked, they still lost.
0: They did lose, but we did definitely think they were going to get rolled, and they brought it. The Davison kid, the Davison kid, who I know nothing about before watching, a bits and pieces of that game is obviously a player. So, that that was a good one. And then the 4A game didn't disappoint. The 4A game goes to overtime. Carmel outlasts Lawrence North. And, of course, wins another state title, which, you know, makes me really happy.
1: Right. I know you wanted both teams to lose, and that obviously didn't happen either. They got to overtime, so I'm sure they might have had some people in some foul trouble.
0: I was was really hoping that it was going to – that it was going to be uh, a double loss somehow but obviously didn't didn't happen. Um, the big takeaway I took away from it was that uh, Carmel is legitimately an e- extremely good basketball team for no everybody knew that. But how about the Waddell kid coming out of the state finals and getting an offer to Purdue?
1: Yeah, I thought that was wild. Dad um, yeah. I'm sure that had a That's lot to it. Cool.
0: I mean, I'd be interested to see um, – it'll be interesting to see what he does at Purdue. I mean, he's a six-six guy. He can play on the wing, can shoot it. He's a pretty nice player. I'll be interested to see what happens with uh, Coach Painter and uh, the Purdue development of one yeah. Brian. I believe it's Brian Waddell. His dad's name is Matt Waddell.
1: Yeah, his dad played at Purdue, I believe, there. with Painter. Oh, really?
0: I think so. I know his dad played there, but I, I'm pretty sure he was there at the same time as Painter. Man. But pretty cool, pretty cool for for everybody. And unbelievable, you know. Hats off to the IHSA for getting a season in, and with everything going on, and having a state, you know, state tournament, a great state tournament. And uh, you know, k- kudos and congratulations to all those state champions. And hopefully next year it'll be somebody other than Lawrence North or Carmel.
1: Yeah, in 4A. You, you, the odds are in your favor, I think. But I hope there's a lot, a lot more teams than those two in in four A.
0: That's true. And some of them are on the rise, you know. There's there's some teams that have some really good young talent, and uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. So it's good tournament, good year. Um, put a cap on 2020, 2021 for high school hoops in Indiana. Now everybody turns their focus to, uh, to the summer. And, guys, hopefully getting better in AAU and all that. I don't know about you. I'm not going to follow AAU at all. So we're not going to talk about AAU. No, you? I don't
1: have to anymore, so I don't really care.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I like to hear. All right, so that's it for Indiana high school hoops for this year. So we'll have to get back into that next fall uh, when things get rolling again. But uh, let's let's switch gears. Let's go. Uh, let's go a little Final Four.
1: Man, what what a great Final Four!
0: Right. Obviously, turned out a little different than than I anticipated. Um, but let's just go. Let's go to the semifinal games first. Let's start with the. Let's start with the Baylor versus Houston game. All right, so so we got Baylor, Houston. We got UCLA, the Bullzags. Um, the semifinal games. Let's let's talk Baylor, Houston here. First off, was that a game at any point?
1: I honestly do not think so. Houston looked like they wanted no part of Baylor.
0: <laughs> I think that. I think that we vastly underestimated how good Baylor was as a like an entire nation.
1: Well, I think everybody just <clears throat> they were they forget last year that before covid they had won 23 straight games. And we're look we're, we're looking like they were going to be headed to a, another final four. And then this year they were rolling, got covid, 3 weeks lost a couple games lost a bunch of practice times because they were playing they played like six games in 14 days so they lost a bunch of practice time and then they lost to oklahoma state in the big big 12 tournament and i think they got to practice and kind of get their feet underneath them and and you could tell as the tournament went on they were playing better and better and better and I
0: found it interesting, too, hearing about their COVID experience being different than other programs where maybe one guy got it or an assistant coach got it. They had eight players get COVID. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, uh, like, that's crazy. So
0: so depending on their level of illness from COVID, right? Because, you know, I mean, we know any any virus, you know, it, it hits people differently. But COVID more than any, it's like, you kill somebody and the other person, you know, the ne- the person who's the same age, same everything, might have the sniffles for two days and, and they're done. Um, but these these guys got it. So who knows if that was a part of the, the comeback slow, too, of guys recovering from being sick and things of that nature. Um, but they just decimated Houston. Just, I mean, they beat, they, they like out-Houstoned Houston by like, you know, Five, the first TV timeout, it was like, oh, my gosh. Kelvin yeah, Johnson it was, it, it was no answer. Yeah, it, it was, was
1: unbelievable. Uh, and yeah, that was truthfully
0: was... the first game that I saw the entire game that Baylor played.
1: They just took Houston out of everything they wanted to do. And they did the same thing to the Zags, but it was even more embarrassing for Houston in that game to yeah. just never even – I really have a chance think, i thought going into the, the final four that that would be the better of the two games yeah no kidding and then i think we also under appreciated how good ucla was playing man holy we'll smokes. all
0: right so let's just turn the page we know baylor dominated mm-hmm. houston let's go into that game let's let's dive in both of us have huge man crushes on mick cronin now
1: yeah i definitely do
0: um Let's just go into it. Let's go. Give, give us your thoughts. Let, let's let's save the the last second heroics to the end here.
1: Man, I just love. The game. I love media and people who just don't understand basketball, talking about how, oh, UCLA can't score enough points and they play so slow and and all these, uh, yep. oh, media people saying how they don't they can't they can't score enough to even be in this game, and then they come out and hang ninety. And almost yeah. almost forced double o t now they shot shot the piss out of it, but still like there's there's a few shots several- several fifteen foot shots that I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe he just made that that ju zhang, oh. Oh, oh man, he is uh he is so good, unbelievable just the the tough shots that they made, and man, they gave everything the Zags could ever ever want, and more um I really thought they were going to really thought they were going to pull it off especially on that last possession when he shoots that runner gets the rebound lays it in with 3.3 or 3.6 whatever yep. it was I thought holy smokes I'm ready for bed but I'm <laughs> I wouldn't be mad about a double OT and oh, then- <laughs> I was
0: I was in the exact same I was in the exact same boat like I was going I don't want this game to ever end. Um, yeah. And I was you know kind of a funny you know Charlie as a dad story you know, my kids stayed up, my kids, they, they like to watch hoops with me and stuff. And, and mostly cause they like to make fun of me when I get all into the games, but um, we're sitting there and, and they're like, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around, whatever. And the next morning we were leaving town super early. And so I'm like, they, you know, we got to get these kids in bed. And yeah. so my wife, awesome. She takes care of that. And I mean, I don't know what time I have no idea what time it was. Uh, when Johnny Juzang hit, like you said, missed a little runner, got his own, t- takes it back up. But I went, oh yeah, like I yelled. Yeah. Like, in total excitement. And then, you know, I, what, seven seconds later, I yelled even louder, no! <laughs> and, and one of my daughters came out and was like, Daddy, what's wrong? <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, oh, everything's good. The Zags won. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my wife was full asleep when that shot went in and I was going ape. Just going nuts in the screaming, yelling. She's like, What why? Why? I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) It's
0: (laughs) the (laughs) final four, that's all. And then
1: then after I got done like kinda half celebrating, I realized that we weren't gonna see double O T. Yeah. Yeah, so that I, was, kinda... I was a
0: little disappointed that that, that was how it ended. Um, obviously, we've talked about – well, let's talk about some of these guys. So, we, we mentioned Juzang. Um, okay, clearly clearly he's a better college basketball player than I knew. Um, yeah. And my favorite part of his game is that he is not a at-the-rim or shoot-a-three guy.
1: He lives in that mid Mid-range. I love the
0: mid-range. I know that that everybody says the mid-range game is is dead or whatever, but uh, watching Baylor and watching UCLA, that that's not really the case.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I just I like mean, how Baylor, he can he he just kind of does a little bit of everything, and he never he never even looks like he's playing very hard either. He's just so smooth yep. and just every shot. It's like oh that that looks like a pretty tough shot, and he just makes it look easy.
0: Oh, he's I mean, he he had so many tough shots that again, if you haven't spent as much time you haven't wasted as much time in your life as you and I have, um, in and around basketball, um, you think to your, you might think, Oh, that guy's not going hard, or that you know, that shot he made that shot easy. Um, but they're forgetting the ten thousand reps in June that he did that very move.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, None of the uh, shots that he took were like Something that I don't think he hits the gym with every time he, he works 100%. out.
0: 100%. Like, I, I think that anybody who – and honestly, that's another thing. Tip of the cap to all these college basketball players because this is probably – in all honesty, this season's college basketball was the most old school college basketball season in a long time in that a lot of their – like their spring, they didn't
1: get any of their normal spring stuff that they get. Yeah. With their no college trips, programs. None of that stuff. No no games in the in the summer um, going to Italy on a right. no, basketball none trip. Of those,
0: none of those things happen. Um, you know, some, depending on the state you live in, some states you couldn't even do full team workouts until, you know, uh, the official season started. So, I mean, the amount of work these kids had to put in on their own, like legitimately on their own, is probably more this year than it's probably been in the last decade.
1: Yeah, I would agree I would with say that. If
0: that's the case, Johnny Juzang uh, wins my award for um, most improved college basketball player. Grant, I never really saw him. He didn't play much at, at Kentucky, and that's probably why he transferred. But, kid, obviously. Yeah, he's getting in the gym game.
1: somewhere. Jeez. And then, you know,
0: obviously we talked last we talked last time about both of us really, really like the Tiger Campbell kid. I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he did a lot of really really good things that, that, you know, he hit some big shots. He made some really nice plays. There were a few times where um, UCLA's defense. I mean, granted, it was a really high scoring game, but it never felt like. There wasn't a high level of defense being played either.
1: Well, I saw, yeah, and which I think there's so think many tough really shots made and people. contested shots. You know, it wasn't, you know, drawing kick threes um wide open that the yeah. guys were hitting shots and shooting sixty percent from the floor. It's like, no, there's a lot of shots that were like that, but there's tons of shots as well that were contested. Um and I just
0: it was definitely a it was not a shot taker game. It was a shot maker game. Yeah. Like, I mean that that was just very. I was very impressed with uh, both teams, but I kind of, I kind of, I, I mean, I got to admit, I, I over this tournament run, I've kinda, i kind of, I kind of fell in love with UCLA. They were a fun team to watch. I love their, I love their, their style. And I do think I like, I like Mick Cronin. I love that he's like a little guy, and he's gritty, and, and he's gets kind no of nasty.
1: love from the media. That's what I love. Like he's not one of the, one of the guys that the media's head over heels about, you know.
0: Well, and that's always interesting, right, because it always kind of goes back to, is that something that the coach has to think through and be like, you know, I want to be in cool with the media, or is it just something that kind of organically happens? I've always wondered that, like, how they choose which of these coaches they're just going to fall in love with. Um, well, I
1: think it's it's just whoever gives them the most access and gives them like leaks to stories and you know those yeah, type things. Awful. Give give them the most. Who's going to pat them on the back the most when it comes to the media? And that's the guys that they're going to give the most love. Um, I mean, look how much. Honestly, look how like much love how much Archie Miller. Good. Look how much love Archie Miller got. Archie Miller got when he got the job at IU. There wasn't oh, a person in the country in in the media that said it was a bad hire. Woodson gets Woodson gets hired, and it's oh he's never coached college before, and you know it's he's coming up with as many reason to... as many reasons as possible to why he won't be successful, and uh, nobody knows. I get it, uh, but it's right. still I I think a bunch of BS.
0: That's interesting. So we get so we get to Monday night. The best uh, the best possible scenario for 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 the NCAA, I think. I think there was no question those were the two best teams mm-hmm. in Gonzaga and Baylor. And obviously you know that once the game was tipped, I was rooting hard for the Baylor Bears.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because I hate the Bullzags. And I got to be honest, I'm even more irritated with their whole Bullzags thing now than I was before. I don't know why. <laughs> it, just drives, it drives me nuts. Like, pick, pick a freaking mascot. Like, I just I – can't, I can't wrap my head around it. It drives me like, nuts.
1: I think we could just get Mark Few on the pod and, like, let's just hash it out. Because I, I don't know if I can Mark go P through – Yeah. We got
0: to see if we can – we got to effort him. I will – that'll be – we'll have to do some serious work. The pod's probably going to have to grow a little bit more. But uh, you know, we'll reach out. I'm, we're not afraid to get told no. Um, no,
1: no, and and just because we we're told no doesn't mean that we're not going to come at you again. Like it's oh, kind of sure like we're going to. If if I got hired by Woodson and I smacked Trace Jackson's left elbow and he shoved me down, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to hit that left elbow again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have to <laughs> Good
1: job. Yeah, that'd be my job. But I mean, I think it'd be just talk about. Dad's mentality.
0: Oh God, Dad's not quit. There's a lot of things that Dad will do. He ain't quitting ain't one of them. <laughs> um, all right, so we get to Monday night. We get the the Bullzags and Baylor Bears sick'em, which I don't understand that either. Sick'em, I don't I don't know what that is, but it's all over the social media. <laughs> um, and then Baylor just smacks the Bullzags from jump.
1: Man, yeah, I was. I I had not seen, and I had watched several of the Zags games in the tournament, I had not seen them get punched in the mouth like that right off the bat. Like three offensive rebounds in the first possession, I was like, oh, man, Baylor came to play. And just disruptive defensively.
0: I just found myself asking, did Gonzaga not know? Did Gonzaga not see what Baylor did? For no other reason to say, oh, well, they had the big, long, you know, really hard uh, semifinal, and it was the late game, and blah, blah, blah. These guys are 20 freaking – they're 19 through 22 years old. When I was 19 to 22 years old, I could play basketball for eight eight hours, And as long (laughs) as I had a Gatorade, I was good. So don't come at me with how unbelievably fatigued they are.
1: Um, Or maybe they just watched film and said, we want no part of this. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: They're
1: like, these guys are legit. Yeah. And that's entirely they, because – They are they they twice are our size. Like, it, it looked that like was Baylor mixed. was on roids and Gonzaga had never list, lifted a weight in their lives.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely looked like get, Baylor's weight – weight um, – weight, or, I'm sorry, strength training program appears to be led by someone who understands how to beat guys up.
1: Without losing anything, yeah, because they—oh
0: my goodness, man—they just. So we got to talk about a couple things from the from the championship game. First off, we got to talk about the backcourt of Baylor. Um, I would say by far the best backcourt in college basketball this year. Yeah, I
1: don't think it's even close um, uh, on both sides of the ball.
0: One hundred percent. Their three guards are just phenomenal. The Mitchell kid—I mean, my goodness—he's the national defensive player of the year. And that doesn't happen very often for a guard, right? I mean, I feel right, like yeah. more often than not, that the big guy, you know, 100 shots. I mean, this guy just disrupts everything you want to do. He puts you on your heels from Jump Street, and, and there's no relenting. And it's not like the other guys are – you know, he's the best, but it's not like the other two are bad. I mean, he – that's nothing. Mick Cronin needs the answer for why Macy Oteague is on Baylor and not playing at the University of Cincinnati. That kid grew up in Cincinnati. How do you let him get out of out of Man, Cincinnati, no kidding. Mick? I You're just saw it at Cincinnati. how uh, aggressive
1: or how for a Final Four. Mitchell, like, good he was, just not just on the ball, away from the ball. Like, oh. I mean, he was oh. – he did everything defensively. Like, he was everywhere. Um,
0: oh, yeah, 100%. They were – so disruptive defensively, and I don't think Tim, that's
1: so Timmy Timmy wanted no part of that physicality. They wanted no part of just how physical they were. Like,
0: now, you know, he, and that's one of the things I was I was wondering about watching them play Houston. I wondered if the if the final if the championship final game would be refereed to where Baylor could be physical. Yeah. Because I feel like when I watched Gonzaga play, most of the games that I saw them play, they weren't near that level of physicality that you see in a lot of the Big Ten games and that you saw Baylor playing with. And so I wondered if it would be officiated to uh, Baylor's benefit. Because I think if they let him play,
1: that definitely helped Baylor. And it just never even that never even got to be to the point just because Gonzaga like, never even wanted to match that. Correct.
0: It never felt like Gonzaga could punch back. They had that no. one run. Yeah. I don't remember when it was. They had that they one run. They cut the nine had in the second runouts. half. Um, yeah. And Timmy had a couple really nice moves on the pick-and-roll action. Um, He had a couple nice plays there. But, man, Baylor, I mean, they just took – I mean, they just it was unbelievable. It was just an unbelievable – turn of events from watching this unbelievable semifinal game between you ucla and gonzaga to this absolute ass kicking by
1: by the bears i thought it was what made me really impressed with baylor was was just how easy suggs had been able to just get by people he could he couldn't yeah. get around him like I mean, there was no no straight line drive from him getting to where he wanted to go. Like he just, he actually looked like a freshman. Uh, just looked he did. like he, I agree.
0: There were there were there were he was lost. Where He did really good things, and there were other times when you just looked like God. He's so he's 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 gas. Yes, he's toast.
1: Yeah, he, he wanted know what part to of that? Yeah, I, I just I mean, was really totally impressed. I mean,
0: yeah, there's no way. Um, I mean, I'll be interested to see what. Baylor looks like next year. Um, you got to figure a lot of those guys are not going to come back.
1: He'll be diving in that portal.
0: Well, that's the thing too. We we got to get into. We'll have to switch gears here. Well, so congratulations to the Baylor Bears. Congratulations to Scott Drew, who, by the way, I didn't realize. Indiana,
1: a was Indiana there. guy getting one. Yeah, Indiana guy getting a, a natty.
0: All right, so I got a great story from a buddy of mine about Scott Drew the day after the national championship game. Sends me a text. I won't mention his name. He'll know who he is when he hears the pod, but sends me a text and says, in 19... I think it was 1991, maybe. Maybe later than that. I don't know. Sometime in the 1990s, he was going to his cousin's wedding. Okay? He's at his cousin's wedding. He's he's there. He sees all these people. He meets a bunch of the people that are in the wedding, you know, and... His cousin had went to Butler, and her husband also went to Butler. And so my buddy is talking with all the, the groomsmen and everything at the wedding reception. You know, I'm sure having a few, whatever. And he gets to – he's meeting this guy. And at the time, he had no idea who he was. And he didn't even realize it was the same guy until Saturday night of the semifinals <laughs> watching on TV.
1: Like, oh, shit. Like that. <laughs> he, he
0: met Scott Drew – was a groomsman at his buddies in his cousin's wedding. And my, you well, know, my buddy sat and talked with him for a while and, and just kind no of really idea. cool. And he was like, he had a pretty, he had a really pretty good weekend. And I'm like, yes, yes, he did. So that's a cool, fun, little, uh, fun, little tidbit about Scott drew. That is I funny. Heard Scott drew on a couple different. Uh, rating guys driving across the country the other day. Um, I heard a couple uh, different interviews that Scott Drew did on radio shows, and uh, I was—I left those – those um, I, I was impressed with him, you know, and, and I've never – I don't know much about him other than the stuff I heard about the IU stuff um, and that he's from Valparaiso and went to Butler, apparently, but I was impressed with some of the things he had to say about his team and how they, how they go about things and the different kind of – He seemed like, like a pretty place for
1: good dude teams, and, and really – Really focuses on player development. Sound like from what he was discussing on a couple of interviews I heard, it's a big emphasis for them,
0: right? And right, and I thought that was really, um, really interesting. And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the Big Twelve now. Right, Chris Beard has moved on to Texas, and um, you know, is that going to be? Is he gonna be able to turn that thing into the sleeping giant that I think most of us think it probably is?
1: I mean, you just assume um, with being in Austin, Texas and no pro teams and Texas and the money that they have that he would be able to get that that going. But I thought right. Shaka was gonna do the same and he didn't get it done either, so I don't know.
0: That's true. That's a good point. Um but I I don't know, I was I was I left I left this week watching Baylor. Um with the impression of man, Scott Drew seems like a really good guy, and always good for you know. We always root for Indiana guys. I mean, you and I both do that, oh, whether for they're sure, yeah. Indiana guys or not. Um, and that's really cool. And I don't know, did, did he play at Butler? Do you know?
1: I don't know if he played or if he was. I don't know. Like maybe he was like a manager. Manager or something? Yeah. Like, I don't. Know. I'm not sure.
0: That's interesting. That's something we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get the crack research team on that. Um, yeah, we'll have to get really digging into get that. on our
1: de- get on our department for that one.
0: That's right. Um, all right, so let's shift gears again. NCAA tournament's over. We're gonna have to start talking some NBA hoops here re- or eventually. I refuse to watch the Pacers right now. Gosh, they suck. Um, and and I'll be honest, I can't watch them even if I want to because all the damn cable companies in my area are still in a pissing match with whatever they're. <laughs> Whatever their TV deal is, so I can't even when they're when they're nationally televised, they're blacked out at my house, and when they're locally televised, I, I'm not allowed to have the channel, so I can't. I mean, I can't watch the face. Sounds like a to. sounds so, like a great time. I mean, at this point, that's probably a good thing because I I have not heard a single good thing about him other. When, when well, people in Indianapolis are talking about T.J. McConnell being the bright spot, I feel like it's probably a good time
1: for me to be checked well, out. The, right baseball. now, Miles Turner's out, Malcolm Brogdon's out, and Sabonis is out, and Warren's out for the year. So Yeah, they're done. They're, they're they're go not good. team, go. I could probably go dress for for the Pacers. You and T.J. McConnell just, in
0: the backcourt. You guys are getting just skewered. You guys would just absolutely get mauled. <laughs> I'd pay my dad handling. I'd pay money to see Dad go having Mike Conley pressure him ninety four feet. I'd be like, Let's man, I've see already dad played against him.
1: This. I played against him. I know it's but been a while. Yeah, not, but now that dad, that Dad's I'm fat and out of shape. You
0: say, I'd be, Dad, you're you're not getting it down the floor, bro. Not I'd, not right now I'd
1: be I'd be wore out and layup lines. Oh yeah, we would not sure even you get to the, be, the, yeah. the oxygen tanks would have to be ready to go. Coach, and, and coach, called my number. He called my number, and I just told him no. <laughs> no, nope, can't do it.
0: Nah, I'm out. You pull a Mark Titus on him.
1: Yeah, I'm nope, good. Not going in, Coach. I'm good. I got a great workout during yeah, layup I'm, lines. I got,
0: I got my <laughs> sweat in. I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll get into the league here in the next few episodes. But today, let's uh, let's let's wrap this up with a little what we what we love to talk about, Indiana Hoosiers. All right. Since I'm driving Austin, give me the rundown. Where are we at?
1: All right, so recently this week we've had uh, Dane Fife hired as associate head coach. Great. We've had uh, Race Thompson, Christian Lander are coming back. Uh, we had Xavier Johnson is transferring in, uh, Parker Stewart staying, and our Ma- our Amon Franklin is going to Virginia. So that's okay. kind of a a quick rundown. So which one of those things you want to talk about first? All
0: right, let's start with let's start with Armand. Um, just because I feel like we need to get in and out of that one, we don't want to stay in that. We don't want to fall into that rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, no. All right, so we'll get, give me your thoughts. Well, good. All right, because my thoughts are going to lead into the other guys. So, good. What I thought about with Armand Franklin is that he saw Parker Stewart and Xavier Johnson coming in and he kind of realized that, that shots were probably going to be taken away and he's not going to get as much shots as, as he thought he was going to get uh, like he had in the past uh, – this past year with just how bad we were offensively. I think bringing in a couple guys who are able to score it, um, he might have felt that he wasn't going to get enough shots and, and, and kind of go somewhere else.
0: That's a good point. I would love to – okay, so – all right, here's why I wanted to get in and out of this, because it's where my pettiness is going to come in. <laughs> I'm shocked. So, yeah, so I, I think Armand Franklin's a fantastic kid. Um, I think he is an exceptionally good basketball player. And I thought that when I coached against him as a freshman in high school – I'm sorry, as a sophomore in high school uh, at Fishers, when he transferred – he started his freshman year, he went to Cathedral. For some reason, he transferred out of Cathedral – after his freshman year, went to Fisher's, played as a sophomore, played exceptionally well, and then transferred out of Fisher's back to Cathedral where he stayed. Um, look, this is unfair to him. But I see a lot of the transfer stuff, the transfer portal. And, I, you know, I've heard – Some of the I've heard all the people say, oh, it's going to kill the game. You know, Dick Vitale tweeted something out today about it's going to kill college basketball or whatever. No, it's not. But I do think it's part of a larger societal issue where kids, kids don't go through adversity. Not at all. Um, And I see it. and, And part of that, I think. And you can make a lot of arguments as to why that happens, Um you know, I could easily go down the everybody gets a trophy uh, road with that. Well, how about his mom was um, the one that
1: even put out that he was leaving?
0: like. So, and that was another thing. I, I, I don't want to go in on his mom. You know, I don't know his family background. But I do know that his mom is very active on social media. And I do know that she tweets things out during games and after games. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was a conversation – um, as part of this kind of changing over of things from Archie Miller to Mike Woodson and his and his new staff, of hey, look, that's not how things are going to roll here.
1: Did you listen to Fife's interview?
0: I've heard, I've heard, uh, I heard, I heard Fife say some things on, uh, I believe it was the Docket Show. It was the Docket
1: Show, yeah. And um,
0: I found the, I found him, I found that to be pretty interesting.
1: Um, I thought it was great
0: almost almost made me think yeah they've already said this Like the the kids and their families have already been told hey this is what's what
1: and I love the fact that he was like didn't care if it was cousins aunts, uncles, brother, sister mom, dad, don't care if it's part of your family and you're tweeting out and you're against us then just you either tell them to stop or you just leave Like see ya, go somewhere else I loved it
0: and you and I both know he wasn't saying that before he was on Izzo's, in Izzo's uh, office with, with Izzo for the last 10 years.
1: Oh, yeah, no, And, and so that kind of makes you think that, you know, that conversation was had and yeah. you're like, well, we better just kind of – let's go somewhere yeah, when
0: else. I heard that Arman, when I heard that interview and then I heard Armand wasn't coming back like two days later, I, I really kind of thought to myself, yeah, I kind of wonder if that's uh, – if that's a part of of the decision-making process for Armand. And, look, not to knock the kid for bouncing around in high school, but there's something to be said for the fact that a lot of kids who bounce around in high school bounce around in college. Um,
1: Yeah, and and I guess the hard thing is, and what they don't realize, is when you keep bouncing around, like getting your degree becomes tougher. And I think that's that's what gets lost in the whole transfer aspect is – these kids and yeah, it's great for you to, to transfer and go to a different school, but man, like you're making it that much harder. And that's, that's for sure an extra year that you have to take, uh, to well, get that degree. Point. And I that's think that gets you're lost.
0: Right. It's not, Oh, and it's totally gets lost because it's never talked about. I mean, nobody, that, and that goes back to that whole point that, that, you know, these guys are called, they're, they're student athletes in name only.
1: Right? Yeah. Like, and name
0: <laughs> I would love to know how many of these guys that are in the transfer portal that are looking at schools are going oh I can't go to wherever because they don't have the whatever major that I'm that I've been in for the last two years
1: oh I'm yeah yeah you know, I, are, I wouldn't even want to know
0: I mean there are schools that you know there are schools that you can't go to if you want to be an en- you know if you want to be an engineer you cannot go to Indiana University they don't have a single engineering degree they have them. You know, you, you, if you're depending on your major, I would love to know what 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 that weighs into uh, among these Because <laughs> the, the vast yeah. majority, the vast majority of these guys are not making money playing basketball. I mean, that's just the. What
1: well, I'm guessing the vast majority are business majors in that portal, anyways.
0: I don't know. Maybe a lot of sports management
1: majors. Yeah, I, I would assume that it's a lot of a lot of degrees and things that. People don't view as very difficult to manage a, a class load and, and hoop when they all think they're going to, to the league.
0: That's interesting, but I, but anyway, I mean, that'd be something I'd love. To, I'd love somebody to do a deep dive on that. I'm not going
1: no. to do. Do a deep dive on that. We'll get our research team to do it.
0: That's right. I so, got, I got a, what are your thoughts to on? Ready to go for him? What are your thoughts
1: on Xavier Johnson?
0: Okay, so here's my here. I'm, I'm guessing totally they're the concern. same
1: as mine, but go. <laughs>
0: my concern is he doesn't shoot the three real well. Which okay, that's fine if you know he's not on on a team of guys who can't shoot the three. But I don't I don't know that anybody can shoot the three on this team. Like not yet. Historically, this team has not shot the three well. Um, that's my first thought. I love his uh, turner. I mean his his assist numbers. That's phenomenal. on a crap team. Yeah. Uh, Which also makes me a little bit going, okay, well, somebody has to score and somebody has to, you know. I mean, a lot of guys can average 20 on a bad team. Look at the NBA. Right. But at the same time, um, the other schools that offered him gave me uh, a little bit of encouragement to see that Kelvin Sampson was after him. I mean, I don't like Kelvin Sampson, but the dude can coach. uh, To see that Scott Drew and Baylor were after him. Um, those are two that I'm like, okay, great. Those are the people, and we found, you know, he decided to go to us. Now, who knows? Maybe Scott Drew called him the day after they won the national championship and was like, hey, dude, we're not going to, you know, we're not really going to pursue you anymore. Right. Because this and this and this are happening. Um, But the fact that he chose IU over those schools, I think, is encouraging. Uh, The fact that his first thing that he said to teammates reportedly, the first thing that he said to teammates were, let's go to work. Um, That's that's the most encouraging thing to me. And he seems like he he wants to be good, and he wants to he wants to be great at IU. So obviously, that's a that's a tip. What's your thoughts?
1: I did a little little deep dive on Mr. Xavier Johnson, and I'm a little concerned as well. Um, About the he quit? Numbers? No, he quit with three weeks to go in the season.
0: I was gonna I wasn't gonna go there, but I'm glad. You I'm did. gonna go there.
1: Didn't finish out the last three weeks. And in three of the – I think it was three of the last four or three of the last five, he received a technical foul in three of those games. And Jeff Capel stated that they had told him and tried to tell him for two and a half years to stop barking at the officials and the other team. That concerns me. But also, what kind of relationship – you know, I w I don't know that dynamic that that he had right. with, with coach Coach Capel and those things. It just it just bothered me uh reading those things. But obviously looking at some of the statistical things he was doing was he was very successful and even Capel said they couldn't win with without playing. Uh but yeah, right. not shooting the three very well. Uh not great. I mean it's not horrid. Um but I I was impressed with his assist 33%. numbers. That's not yeah would like to see yeah. it at at 38 39 obviously 40 but oh, for sure. that's pushing it and um, then he turns it over a ton
0: i was just his turnover his turnover rate's pretty high as well and i don't know what they run at, at pit i don't know what you know what the expectation is i know jeff Capel is a is a coach k guy but he's been a head coach multiple times time
1: then he's really not done anything, but as, as, bad, as, as so, bad as as bad as as Pittsburgh know, I was know, I think that was a grain salt, but I'm guessing his usage and the amount of times that he had the ball in ball in his hands and needed to make some things happen, and the things that he felt he needed to do to win probably played a little bit into the a, a turnover or so game as well well
0: that's, on the added in I mean that's obviously his what average. Yeah, he's only got one year. Is that correct, or does he have two? Uh you
1: know? I think he had. I thought he had two. Maybe he only has one. I know Parker Stewart has two. Um, he's right. now that kid's intriguing to me big time. Is that the Parker Stewart kid? Um
0: yeah. How about the fact I did not realize he played his freshman year at Pitt. They, those two had to be teammates.
1: Right. Yeah. So I'm sure that had something to do with him coming to. Um, that may have. Yeah. I as well as as well as his relationship with uh, Kenya Hunter, yeah. Um, but I think I mean I read I read Archie's uh, comments about Parker Stewart towards oh, I was like late February, and he was talking about how impressive it was to see Stewart shoot the basketball, and so that kind of yep. that's why I kind of brought that made that comment about Franklin thinking that maybe those other two guys. Um, uh, yeah. are going to eat up some of his shots, so he didn't really want to.
0: Do we know if Parker Stewart was full on practicing this year? Like, was he?
1: Well, I don't. I don't. I think, I think. at the end of the year he was. I think before that because he transferred uh, mid semester, right. and then it he had to go through a bunch of the COVID stuff. Because um, I I think they were talking about him dressing towards the end of the year because the year wasn't going to matter. Um, right. as far as eligibility-wise, so um, I, I'm not sure, but I am i know he was was getting reps, and Archie made the comment I read today. It said something about him not being up to speed on offensive and defensive schemes, and it's like, yeah, that stupid pattern that really? you wanted to how run hard, was, was pretty how difficult. How hard is
0: it for him to get up speed on that shit? You and I go well, and run it right now. Well,
1: shit, he, he would just put Armand – I can put it in. He just put Franklin in the corner letting him stay in there like surely to goodness Parker Stewart could do that.
0: <laughs> I mean that's come true. on. I use best wing player. under R. G. Miller always hangs out in the right corner.
1: Yeah, like that's a that's no a idea. great idea. No um idea. so I don't understand it. So it'd be interesting to see those two guys transferring in and obviously we have two more spots left to uh uh to bring in some guys so really like to see somebody who can make make shots. Uh, obviously, I know we're not asking. We're asking for much as I'm, as an IU I would like team, to see but...
0: them, I would like to see them recruit. And this is obviously, I mean, I, have, I don't have a single kid in mind, but I would like them to go out and get a six, seven, six, eight, six, nine kid who can shoot, the, who can play out on the perimeter, who can yeah. play on, the, who can, who can go and you know, because that was the thing I thought we were getting in Race Thompson. That was what I had heard about race Thompson as a as a, another kid who got uh, who Archie talked into to reclassifying and coming to school early and I had heard all these things about how he was a really good outside shooter and he was a stretch four and blah 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 and we have not seen I mean my god the kid can't score outside of four feet and neither can and that's neither not, can our other maybe big. That's, right but may, and maybe that's you know who knows maybe race Thompson never had a chance to get jumper reps up or what I don't know. Um, but I'd really like to see them get a six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guy who can be a a stretch four type of player. You know, I think of the a couple that you know the Kispert kid from Gonzaga, six seven, shoots it, lights out. The the couple the a couple of the different guys who came off the bench for for Baylor could shoot it. You know, I, I would I would like to see some of that. I would. I don't care if the guys. Two scholarships. But
1: I don't care if the guy's 4 7 if he can make a shot. Like, we don't have anybody on the team with Armand Franklin leaving that has been proven true. in games to shoot it. So I don't care if he's 4 7 or 6 7 or 5 7 or well, whatever. Part of, it is.
0: My, part of my concern with that is looking long term with regard to like Coach Woodson and building the program. No matter what happens next year, I think it's very unlikely that Joey Brunk. Well, Joey Brunk has to be done after next year. Trace Jackson Davis basically said he's playing one more year at IU. Right. And Race Thompson will be a senior next year. I mean, he, he academically is a senior. I still think he has one more year of eligibility. But it's entirely possible Brunk, Trace, and Race are gone after next year. And, no, and but, now well, you've got the incoming a, freshman kid It's yeah. a big kid. You've got the the Duncombe kid who's coming in from Cincinnati, who's a big six ten, six eleven kid. But then you got nothing but Jerome Hunter, and I I actually think Jerome Hunter might end up being pretty good. I I was actually more excited about him when he was a freshman than I was about Romeo because I was never a huge Romeo fan. Yeah. Um, but that's that man. Was if my he gets be- if, if
1: he gets better this uh, this summer, yeah. he'll be he'll be a heck of a player for the Hoos.
0: I mean, he could be the guy that I'm talking about. You know, I mean, he can yeah. shoot it. Yeah. Um, and doesn't I look bad at shooting it. No. And I, I, would, I, I always got the feeling watching them play, especially the second half of this season, that, you know, every – and we're all guilty of this, right? Like every coach has the one guy on the team
1: that <laughs>
0: catches the heat and for whatever. And it, it always appeared to me that Jerome Hunter was the guy that caught Archie's heat. Like no matter what went wrong. It, it appeared to me that Jerome was on Archie's nerves. like the second he got on the court. And so I'll be interested to see if, if a fresh start for him helps him.
1: He was uh, the only one that like showed like emotion though. Like nobody, nobody else. Like now it wasn't great emotion, but I'm sure if, you know, coaches on me and patting everybody else on the butt and I'm the one catching flack, like I'm not listening to this. And I'm guessing that's probably where right. it ended up going uh, just from that one Video you sent me. That one, yeah. Oh Uh, gosh. What was that? Where were they at? Were they at Rutgers? They were at
0: Rutgers, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was crazy. And Archie points the locker room. Yeah. Archie just points the locker room, like, like what? He went even off the floor. Like he was, he was coming off of the floor. Not even close to Archie.
0: Also, very encouraging in that was Parker Stewart went to get him. And Rob Fennessy and Parker Stewart talked him off the ledge when he was still losing his mind on the bench after he came back.
1: Yeah, that was that so, was crazy. Hopefully, that's a good thing. You know, so, what, no do you, what do you what do you think about? Cut out for him. Yeah, what do you think about Dane so Fife? You know,
0: um, I always think of Dane when I think of Dane Fife, I I think of three things. Um, one, a just crazy competitor, like one of those guys that I imagine would rather—I don't even know—would rather have unbelievable physical pain come his way than lose. Um, two. One of the things that I always think of when I think of Dane Fife is that when I was a student at IU, Dane Fife was a student at IU and a player at IU. And one of, the, one of the games I vividly remember because I was, a, I don't know, if I was a freshman or a sophomore, but for whatever reason, I had, I had student tickets in the game that I was sitting in the very front row. Literally, I was in the front row on the floor of the student section, and it was against Iowa and Steve Alford. It had to be my freshman year because Bob Knight was still the coach, and Steve Alford was coaching Iowa. And Dane Byte bit a guy in the game. what is
1: he Mike Tyson
0: so that's yeah so that's second thing I think about he's insane and then the third thing (laughs) I think about is I've heard uh, I heard uh, Tom Coverdale on a on a podcast with AJ Guyton actually where he made the comment that Dane was one of those guys that if he was on he was against you you absolutely hated him if he was on your team you absolutely loved him and I think the phrase Tom used was that that he was an asshole, but he was our asshole. Right. And you and I have had guys like that, um, that you're like, God, that kid is such a turd, but he's our turd. And <laughs> I just, I, I hope that, I hope that Dane as a coach has that same kind of competitiveness. I imagine he does. I mean, my gosh, he, he survived with Izzo for 10 years.
1: And um, Izzo kept him for 10 I years. I hope that he has it. Like...
0: Yeah. And I hope, I hope he has that. Um, I hope he's able to do some of the things that he's already done, like by going into the media and things and engaging a little bit. I hope that coach Woodson will allow that for him because I, have I've said it before. I think that one of IU's biggest downfalls is that blogs like blogs and, and podcasts like ours, um, are the vast majority of, of, you know, IU engagement are, are fan driven, Fan run, fan everything. Um, I'd like to see that become more of a, a program-driven thing, like the football team does, um, and then hopefully it grows from there. And I think Dane is a very personable and funny guy, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think obviously, I hope he recruits like like he has at Michigan State here at Indiana.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought this the same the same things you're talking about. Just a few. The few cons that I've heard on on Dane are very similar to what you're you're saying, you know, he's he's our asshole and, and those type things. So it's like I really hope when he, he does get in that room and, and I'm sure with being with Izzo for 10 years that that he, he's learned how to, to walk the line and, and, and talk to parents and and not come off as, as a as a prick, but just like this is how we're gonna do things. Kind of like how we talked about, you know. The, the social media aspect it's like all right no you're gonna be held accountable to 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 what is sent out regardless if it's you whoever it is in your family like you're gonna be held accountable right. um, so I hope he, he kind of is able to communicate those things in, in an appropriate manner which he did in the on the uh, docket show but just for, not- for some of the things I've heard about him those those would be a con of what I've heard uh, in regards if to I, Danny. That 100%, um, I, I agree do that. think there's no way that you can be under Izzo for ten years and not learn learn anything. Um,
0: oh, hundred percent.
1: So, so I think bringing a guy that it, it has the same passion for IU that Woodson does. I just feel like those guys, you know, like what you said, like he'd rather, you know, cause physical harm on himself to win. Yeah. I think bringing a guy in like that that cares that much about the university is going to do whatever yeah. he has to do. Uh, to, to make our program successful and get it get it back to where it should be uh, and i think that's well, one of the most exciting things agreed
0: interesting tidbit though no one from iu has said that he is the heir apparent yeah but it was mentioned in in at least one article in the Indie star tom izzo mentioned it on an interview and Fife said that that's what Izzo said to him on his interview with Dockage. So that's an interesting dynamic to me. Is Coach Woodson is sixty three years old? I think. Right. So um, he's got a six year contract. Mm-hmm. You know that that'll be an interesting dynamic to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's probably somewhat of the plan and it maybe isn't 100% as far as like, yeah, Dane, this is your job, but hey, if you come here and you're successful and you do things the right way and you help build a culture and a program, then obviously it won't even be up for discussion. But if they go there and they all fall smack smack on their face, like he's not getting that job. Right. Um, And that's just kind of the reality about
0: it. That'll be an interesting thing to watch just to see – that dynamic and, and how that goes and i obviously I mean I rooted for IU when Mike Davis was there I rooted for IU when Kelvin Sampson was there I rooted for IU when Clappy the tan clown was there and I rooted <laughs> for IU when Little Archie was there so I mean look i i I'm gonna root for IU no matter wow. who's in in the in the seat but um you know I, I'll be interested to see how that plays
1: out and don't think I don't think we're just gonna talk got, nice about nice about them on the pod because they're from IU like you're gonna catch Damn smoke straight. if you deserve smoke.
0: Listen, if they're not doing the job the way we think it should be done, we're gonna say it. Look, we we know that it's entirely possible that high level administrators at Indiana University have listened to our pod. That's all we, that we're. That's all I'm saying. We know it's possible, so we're gonna call out what we see need to be called He's out.
1: He's not gonna want to hear it on the on the pod, you know. Like,
0: now listen, man. There, everybody involved in this in this whole entire thing has to be held accountable. There has to be a standard, and we have to live up to that standard. And that's what IU. That's one thing IU's been missing. I don't know what the heck the standard is. <laughs>
1: uh, good question. I don't even know All right, last what thing. identity we had or any of that. I don't think anybody does. I think that's
0: a, big, a huge problem. All right. Last topic. Who's going to be the next? Who's going to be the last assistant coach? How are they going to fill out this staff? What, who? Who is? If Austin, if Dad is in charge of Indiana University basketball, don't give me a name necessarily. Give me what kind of coach are we looking for?
1: Uh, probably a young guy in his early forties that is just going to work. Uh, gonna recruit. Are you young? If you're in your early forties, I'm in
0: my early forties. I feel like I'm really old.
1: You're not. Okay. But some somebody that's like not like Larry Brown's age, who's about to croak. Give me somebody that's that's young <laughs> and, and hungry and and trying to make it has you know been at the lower mid levels and and is really making a name for himself and is gonna just get out and work. But I do want to touch one more thing that I wanted to talk about coming with this. Uh, third assistant coach is. I feel Dane is going to be the bad cop, so you're, and Kenya is going to be a good cop. So you're going to need a guy that's going to probably come in and ride that middle line.
0: Yeah, that's possible.
1: Um, so, so I kind of see yeah, somebody like point. that uh, coming in um, for for that third third uh assistant job. I already saw Michael Lewis said no, but why is he going to say yes if? if Dane came there, then that means there's, yep. you know, two, two IU guys that one of them's going to be butt hurt and not going to end well.
0: Yep. Well, I'll be interested to see if they go, you know, what route they go. I, I'll be interested to see if he goes with a, I would not be surprised if he brings in like a NBA, an NBA, like an, a, a, one of those, not on the bench NBA assistants, but like, the behind-the-bench NBA assistants that we don't never know his name, but who are the guys who spend all the time working with the players. Yeah, doing the one-on-one drills, doing the skill building, doing the. I'll be interested to see if he brings in one of those kind of guys, uh, because he has a different knowledge base on those kind of things than than most college coaches. I mean, let's be real. Like, if I'm Mike Woodson, I'm going okay. I've done my, my due diligence. I'm an IU guy. I've hired an IU guy. The IU fan base has got to be pleased with the Dane Fife hire. I've brought back five of the six guys that were in the tra- – four of the six guys were in the transfer portal. Um, I've already brought on another player. I need – what do I need more than anything else? And I'm thinking if I'm Mike Woodson looking at IU basketball, I think I need somebody who's going to develop my guys beyond just me. Because as the head coach, you can't—I don't believe you can be the sole guy running your workouts.
1: Well, he's sixty-three; like he's not hitting a pad on Trace Jackson, you know. So I, I don't think know. he
0: might be. I don't man, know. I don't know. I would. Be I don't know if him. he wants.
1: I don't know if he wants any of that noise.
0: If I was him, I'd call Trace's dad and be like, "Hey, Dale, come on up to <laughs> for a week and let's show, show your kid what NBA post defense looks like." Yeah, um,
1: skill development guy would be huge. Just because we blacked that. Uh...
0: And so I, that, I would be really interested to see if that's the way he goes. And, again, I have no no names in mind. I have no idea. But I do think when you look at NBA staffs especially, they have these guys that we've never heard of that we don't hear of until they become – like the guy who the Pacers have now, Nate Bjorkren. Like that, that's what he was. Like he was this guy who was a skill guru and stuff like that. <laughs> and
1: then yeah but you also gotta have a guy you also gotta have a guy that's gonna come in and like want to drive and fly and recruit and oh sure just do the part that sucks like sucks is, right. isn't sitting in front of the kid like that's that's not bad it's the the driving and the calling and the
0: right the flying and I think there's and... enough i think there's enough and maybe I'm wrong. I feel like there's so many of those kind of guys that are willing to do that or at least believe they're willing to do that. And that – I mean, truthfully, that was the – I mean, I never had a real chance to go to a Division One school, but I did have a chance to go coach at a couple of really small schools. And both times the amount of that was what scared me off of, of really getting – you know, really going deep into the process of hiring to be an assistant coach at a, at a small college. Was, yeah, I okay, mean so... you, you're
1: we would drive to to Indy, to, to Ohio, like you're driving two hours each way, you know, like you leave right after practice at you know, you leave at yeah. five o'clock, you get that get there for the game at seven. Game's over Time nine, by time talk the kid and his family, it's ten. By the time you get home it's you know, it's midnight. Um right. And that just and
0: and, and, and not a only grind. That, that at the small level and you know, obviously, we neither of us would have had any opportunity to go to like an IU, but but at the small level, you still have a full time job. Like, yeah. I would have had to continue being a teacher and doing that to make you know to to pay my mortgage. Yeah, you know those those college programs they're not paying fifty thousand. Small college programs aren't paying assistants fifty thousand dollars.
1: Right. So well, man, those guys 50, are going to get in at get in at midnight, and then they're going to have to get up at eight. You know right? to to work guys out, get them going, get the guys in for for skill development. You got film, you got scouting, you got—I mean, it's just just never ending. So I think Mike doing a doing a good job on just find find somebody who's going to care as much as you do about about IU. Yeah, I'm oh, sure wanting to turn around, but I, I'm yeah, sure I'm, he's already got got it in mind.
0: I, that's what I say. I I, I have to believe he's because because he hasn't filled that third spot yet I gotta believe there's somebody who he's kind of thinking this is going to be who I'm going to go with if and when that guy can you know make a move um, but I'm excited I mean I'm, I'm really excited about IU basketball for the first time you know since I was four years ago when Archie got hired because I got told like you said by the national media that it was his home run hire that he was the greatest thing since sliced bread and obviously that, that worked out real well um, yeah we worked well but here we are, and I do – I mean, every time I've seen Mike Woodson on so far, I'm, I'm telling you, man, he just – I just like his vibe. He just seems like – and that, I think, is the NBA. Like, you know, he doesn't have – he, he's never going to be nuts just to be nuts. I don't think that's right, yeah, really think that just way
1: anymore. Be so, so uh, that's why I think bringing in Dane kind of has – I'm guessing Dane will be kind of like the bad – the bad cop Cause, Cause, Mike he's is nuts. just so mild mannered, and um, not that he's not going to chew guys, because I think he will. But
0: um, oh, I think I he will think too.
1: Having having somebody listen. else who's going to bark, I think it is a benefit.
0: I feel like if you're if you're a kid playing for Mike Woodson, now here's here's the here's the again we know I'm a middle school guy. The middle school mentality in me says if I'm Mike Woodson. I am having every big-time NBA player that I have a relationship with go on, like, a Zoom or a Google Meet or something with me and my players where they just do nothing but talk about what those guys need to do. Yeah. Not not like, hey, Coach Woodson's great, blah, blah, blah. No. Carmelo, what does, you know, Jerome Hunter, who wants to beat you, what does he need to do?
1: Right, and like, what do you? What do do you? They don't know. What would you do differently if, like, you went back to college? You know, things, things like that, to just get the guys. You know, he's
0: going to have to leverage those relationships.
1: Yeah, I think in ways he probably never mending those. Yeah, mending those will be of extreme value. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, using using leveraging those relationships could could be the difference between being a top 30 program and being a top five program yeah I mean we'll see what happens we'll see what happens all right well Charlie I feel like I feel like we've done pretty well today I, I feel like it's so uh, and
1: uh, glad we were able to to get through a little bit of spring break and yeah. get up get pod 6.0 and.
0: yeah we're gonna have to get it uh, I'll have to get to work on it when I get home and Get it up tonight as quick as I can. I know we're getting hit up by by our fans. Yeah, catching by some our, flack. By our listeners. Yeah. Listeners calling us out on Twitter. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yep, they're just upset that we've called them out a few times during the pod, but.
0: yeah, I mean, it's what goes what it around is. comes around, right? That's right. We got to do what we got to do. So, uh, it's been fun, and uh, I'm still driving. So, uh, right now, I've, I've entered what we call Indianapolis uh, rush hour traffic. It's great.
1: Sounds like a glorious well, time.
0: It, it, it's wonderful. I'm looking at the back of a Ford Super Duty pickup, and uh, we're going uh, 12 miles an hour so I got that going <laughs> for on Interstate on Interstate 465. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: all right, Dad's out.
0: All right, Charlie, out too. Have a good one, everybody. See you. Thanks so much for listening to the Charlie and Dad Bod Pod. We hope you'll tune in again next time.